I will be with you always. I am with you always. What a wonderful promise that is. What a wonderful promise to end this book with. I am with you always. What a wonderful promise for Natalie and Carter to hear from the mouth of the risen Lord Jesus on the day that they get baptized in his name. What a wonderful promise for all of us who have been baptized into that same name. Jesus says to us, I am with you always. What a wonderful promise it was for those first 11 disciples who are being given their marching orders from the risen king. For the last few weeks, we have been as a church meditating on and marveling in the reality and meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How many times has the word risen or resurrected already been said or sung this morning in this service? This chapter, Matthew chapter 28, goes over a lot of the same details as we studied two weeks ago in Luke chapter 24 with what the women found when they went to Jesus' gravesite on that first resurrection Sunday. They found an open and empty tomb. Matthew fills in some details that Luke left out in his account like how the guards have been scared by the angel and then conspired to lie about the whole thing for money, and how Jesus appeared to those women and told them to not be afraid. Good luck with that. (laughs) Arisen Jesus. But to tell his disciples to meet him in the north country of Galilee. Well, Matthew here tells us in verse 16 that they met him right where he said to. There are only 11 disciples at this time because Judas had betrayed him and then killed himself afterwards. But the 11 remaining disciples met Jesus there. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, I would have not included that part. If this was the gospel of Matthew Mitchell, I would have left that last part out about some doubting. But I love that the Apostle Matthew did not. Again, it gives the ring of truth. That's exactly what would happen at first. They can hardly believe their eyes. Of course they hesitated. Of course they were perplexed. As a general rule, dead people don't come back to life, especially crucified dead people. But here's Jesus walking up to them. What? And so they worship. They bow. Rightly so. They, they marvel. They wonder. They, they, they worship him. And there's a key word that the risen Lord Jesus uses four times in the next three verses. In Greek, it's the word pos. We normally translate it in English as all. A-L-L. All authority. All nations. All his commands always. Those will be our four points this morning if you're taking notes. Here's number one. The risen Jesus has all authority. That's what he said, right? In verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's an awful lot of authority, isn't it? That's all the authority that there is, isn't it? Cosmic authority. All authority in heaven 
and in earth. That's a metaphor. That's a figure of speech to say everywhere there and everywhere here. That's everywhere, right? Now, of course, he's always had that authority. He is the Son of God and God the Son and has been for all eternity. But the Gospel of Matthew tells us how he humbled himself and came as a little baby in chapter 1. And, then he, and even then he was God with us, right? The angel told Joseph that he should name Jesus Emmanuel because he was to be God with us from the get-go. I will be with you always. And he had amazing authority throughout his ministry. You might remember we saw that all the way through the Gospel of Matthew. Do you remember when we studied Matthew 27, 2017, 2018, 2019, the first quarter of 2020? 80 sermons through the Gospel of Matthew. We saw that he had authority over disease and demons. He had authority over the wind and the waves. They marveled at his authority. He had amazing authority. But now, somehow, Jesus has gone up to a new level of authority. A new place of authority by dying and rising from the dead. Upon his resurrection, the Father has bestowed on Jesus in some new way all authority in heaven and on earth. He's the king of everything. Worthy of our worship. Rejoice, the Lord is king. Your Lord and king adore. Rejoice, give thanks and sing and triumph evermore. His kingdom cannot fail. He rules or what? Earth and heaven. We just sang that. The keys of death and hell are to our Jesus given. He has got all authority. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Again, I say, rejoice. Now, if you had all the authority, all the authority, what would you tell your followers to do? I think this may be the one passage of Holy Scripture that I have preached the most times in the last 25 years. I went back through my records this week and I found at least seven other times that this was the text that I preached on a Sunday morning from this pulpit. And I don't know how many times I've referenced it beyond that, and rightfully so, because this passage encapsulates our mission as a church. What's a church supposed to be? What's a church supposed to do? Why do we exist? And it's straight from the mouth of our risen Lord. If you had all the authority, what would you tell your followers to do? The risen Lord Jesus tells us to make more followers of him. That's the marching orders. Verse 19. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here's point number two. The risen Jesus wants disciples from all nations. Did you see the word all in there? All authority. And here it's all nations. Every kind of people out there. That's what, that's what that word nations means. It doesn't mean like the United Nations. It means groups of people, not just countries and nation states. It's, but it's every kind of ethnicity and tribe and tongue, people who speak different languages, 
every kind of people group that you can imagine, Jesus wants disciples from that group. This is a key command for the church to do missions, to send people all over the world. Those people on the back wall there, the, the pictures that are on the, on the back wall, are some of the people whom we are sending to obey this command to make disciples, followers of Jesus from all the nations. I see Papua New Guinea. I see Africa, Malawi in Africa. I see Japan. I see Southern Africa. I see Serbia. I see foreign exchange students coming here. Haiti. And because the apostles were faithful to obey these marching orders, the gospel of the risen king has reached our ears. You know, they weren't speaking English when Jesus gave this command. But the apostles heard the command and they spread the word from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to, the, to central Pennsylvania where we speak Kind of like, kind of like Yinzer, but not really, right? We speak our own language out here. It's, it's Pinchatoli language or something like that. Why am I looking at Keith when I say that? The gospel has been translated into our language, and we've accepted it, and this room is full of disciples. What are we supposed to do, disciples? Make more disciples. Jesus wants That's why our church is here, because Jesus wants disciples from the people right here in this area and in our families too. Let me tell you about some people who've been trying hard to obey this command. Shane and Holly Michaels have told their daughter Natalie about how Jesus Christ died on the cross for her sins. And Bill and Shasta Long have told their son Carter about how that same Jesus came back to life to give him life. These parents have been trying to make disciples of their children in obedience to Jesus. And Natalie and Carter have believed and chosen to become disciples. They've told me that themselves. They've also told me that if their parents bail on Jesus, they're going to keep following him. So what's the next step? What does he say in verse 19? It's baptism. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How do you do that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're doing this today. We are not baptizing these two today because it's fun to see people get wet. Though it is. But this is not a dunk tank. Okay? We're baptizing these two because they are identifying themselves with the death and resurrection of Jesus. In fact, they are identifying themselves with all of who God is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The one God that we confess this morning in the Apostles' Creed, both in word and in song. One God in three persons. Did you see that in verse 19? Did it jump off the page at you? One God, he says, baptized in the name, one name. And then there's these three persons named as the name. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, three in one. Greg Strand taught us about the triunity of God this last fall. 
one God in three persons, the blessed Trinity. Mind-blowing. And what these two are being baptized into today. In our baptism class, Carter, Natalie, and I noticed that those same three persons were present at Jesus' baptism. The Father spoke. The Spirit lighted on Jesus like a dove. And Jesus himself is the Son, the beloved Son. So when Uncle Joel dips them back into the water, he's going to bring out those same three names as the one name. Identifying Natalie. He's not going to hold them down this long. Don't worry. Identifying them, not just as Natalie and Carter, but Natalie and Carter in the three in one. Saying that Natalie and Carter are with this one God. And at the same time, Jesus is saying to them, I will be with you always. Natalie and Carter, as you get baptized today, you are taking on this great commission yourself. You are saying that you are followers of Jesus and that you are going to engage in making more followers of Jesus. You will tell your friends about Jesus. You will help missionaries spread the word about Jesus. You will pray about whether or not Jesus might be asking you yourself to go to people around the world and tell them about Jesus' death and resurrection. Because the risen Jesus wants disciples from all nations and he's using you and me, using all of us to make them. Let me ask the rest of you if you have been baptized yourself. Because some people have decided that it's just not that important to be baptized and have put it off indefinitely. Have you been baptized as a follower of Jesus Christ? If not, why not? Notice who says that we should be baptizing followers of Jesus. It's Jesus himself. And he's come back from the dead to say it. He said that he's saying it from the position of all authority in heaven and on earth. I think you and I ought to take that seriously. What could be holding you back? I'm afraid of public speaking. I'd be afraid of disobeying Jesus. What could be holding you back from obeying the person with all of the authority of heaven and earth and from obeying all of his commands? That's the third all here, isn't it? Do you see it in verse 20? All his commands. Verse 20, baptizing them in the name and teaching them to obey Everything, same Greek word there, pas. Everything I have commanded you. The risen Jesus wants us to obey all his commands, including the command to be baptized. Every single thing that Jesus has taught his disciples, they're supposed to pass on to all of his disciples. We don't get to pick and choose. And notice that it says teaching them. It doesn't just say teaching them. It says teaching them what? What? Teaching them to obey all of his commands. We're not done when we just get the idea into our heads. We're not done until people are doing what Jesus said to do. Making disciples isn't just passing on head knowledge, filling our brains with lists of Jesus' commands. It is helping his followers to follow. 
and not just the commands that we feel like following. Carter and Natalie, as you are baptized today, you are saying to the Lord and to the world that you are ready and willing to learn everything Jesus wants you to do. And you are ready and willing to do it. And that's true of every baptized believer here in this room. Or at least it should be. Are there some commands that we are unwilling to learn to obey? If there are, we should repent of them right away because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. Following Jesus can be hard, really hard. Making disciples can be hard. Living as a disciple can be hard. Jesus asks us to do some really hard things. Read back over the Gospel of Matthew if you need a reminder. Forgive people. Love your enemies. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't hate people. I could go on. You could read Matthew this afternoon. You could read the entire book of Matthew this afternoon and remind yourself what Jesus says we should do as his followers. Yeah, it's hard. But Jesus has all the authority to require all of his disciples from all the nations to obey all of his commands. And here's the good news. He gives us the power to do it. And he assures us of his presence as we do it. Verse 20, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Number four and last, the risen Jesus will be with us all our days. Jesus has come back to life and he will never die again. Do you think about that? We celebrate Jesus coming back to life, but he is raised to the power of an indestructible life. He will never die again, which means that he can always be with us. And he has promised to never leave his followers. He sends us out, yes, but he doesn't stay back while we march out on our gospel mission. He goes with us. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he's not going to go with us to do. We are not alone. Everything he asks us to do, we do not do by ourselves. He promises us his presence by his spirit until he comes back at the end of the age to bring in the fullness of his kingdom. Surely I am with you always. That word translated surely is often translated behold. Look. It's the same word that we emphasized when Ron Bean was baptized on January 8th. Look at that, we said. Look at that. Well, here now he's saying this. Behold, look at that. I'm telling you, this is important. Check this out. I am with you always. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. Nothing will separate you from me. Nothing can snatch you from my hand. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, Natalie, Carter, Lance Free Church, you and I can sing wherever we go because Jesus goes wherever we go. Jesus says, I am 
with you.